Topic 36 of 20th Century Negro Literature. This is a LibriVox recording. All LibriVox recordings are in the public domain. For more information or to volunteer, please visit LibriVox.org. 20th Century Negro Literature. Topic 36 by George L. Knox. The American Negro and His Possibilities by George L. Knox. The subject of this sketch george l knox was born in wilson county tennessee september sixteenth eighteen forty one he was a slave spending his early life on the farm and following the vocation of shoemaker which he learned while serving a master in eighteen sixty two he joined the union forces in the civil war after the termination of that terrible crisis he went to indianapolis where he learned the tonsorial art he did not stay any great while in that city but went to greenfield indiana not many miles away where he concluded to make his home he established himself in business in a small way and by dint of persistency thrift and integrity such as has marked his course ever since he in a few years succeeded in gaining a competence he took an active part in politics as a republican of which party he has been an unswerving member up to this time he won great respect for himself and family among the whites and the older greenfieldians never visited indianapolis without dropping in to see george as they so familiarly call him in eighteen ninety five he moved to indianapolis and finally became the sole proprietor of the bates house barber shop said to be the most elegant shop in the country he is a member of the m e church which has greatly honored him by sending him as a delegate at large to the general conference in new york in eighteen eighty eight and to omaha nebraska in eighteen ninety two he has filled numerous offices in the local church he has been very active and prominent in republican councils in his new home he served as a delegate at large to the national convention that met in minneapolis minnesota eighteen ninety two where benjamin harrison was nominated for the presidency he was selected as an alternate delegate at large to st louis missouri in eighteen ninety six when president mckinley was nominated his voice has been heard all over the state in advocacy of the principles of his party in eighteen ninety two he took charge of the freeman and since that time he has given the publication considerable attention the results of which are shown by its very large and very wide circulation the active management of this well-known paper is in charge of his son elwood c who is rapidly developing as a man of business and affairs history has since time begun shown the rise decline and fall of empires nations races and individuals it is but fair to say that the fate of the negro has been cast along these lines that were as fixed as the stars in their courses there have been exceptions to the laws of civil and political change we have read with joy the triumph of the black man of ancient times his power in battle his eminence in letters his skill in science his genius as an agriculturist his patience as a herdsman in the great cycles of change it stands to reason that the wheel of civil and political fortune will again revolve in the negro's favor the history of the black man's past in no wise serves to usurp the functions of present duties notwithstanding the fact that there are lowering clouds and muttering thunders yet there is every day indication of a day to express it boldly that is coming that will outshine the glittering sun tis not much that the american negro asks in this racial warfare his aid has always been scant and rare 
he has been thrown on his own resources buffeted about until he has become hidebound as it were to those circumstances which have been so hurtful to the progress of other nations slavery while a curse has been a redeeming institution to the american negro it was that purgatorial step between african slavery and american wealth it was a necessary evil to prepare us for this most advanced civilization of the world since that refining period the negro has proven that he has the elements that make him a fit part of this great country there are those among us who have reached fame in nearly all the avenues of life i take this as an index to the total possibilities of the race the masses however are to be reached the abilities of the few will not answer for the sins of the many crispus etics whose blood-stained boston commons the black soldiers of the wars of our country down to that memorable engagement at el Caney, will stand for negro patriotism professors washington council and thousands of others who are holding up the torch of learning will stand for negro intellect and citizenship but behind all of these stand the negro masses that are not sufficiently quickened these must be prodded up that they reach the front ranks of the procession it is but justice to the negroes however to say that the doors of opportunity do not swing wide for them it ought to be otherwise and i believe it will be otherwise when a better understanding exists between the races as to their aims and objects the white man is quick to judge the negroes by those he meets in his everyday life unfortunately these are too much in evidence giving colour to the charge that all negroes look alike the better negro is not as a rule seen his works as a rule are not known his refinement his morals and industry are not advertised hence a wrong notion as to the bent and the intent of the race is noised abroad prejudice is not confined to one side alone both races show it to a hurtful extent honorable robert allen one of the most noted criminal lawyers of texas said to a jury while it is true that we all have some trace of race prejudice against the negro which makes it hard for us to do him justice i cannot see why it is so i know it should not be so if the negro owes us something we also owe the negro something it is a mutual debt of gratitude that we owe each other we as a race are inclined to think that the white man is against us naturally it is true to a great extent but we have reasons for thinking that the white man thinks more of the law-abiding intelligent tax-paying negroes than he does of that set that turn up on election day looking for something it may be that the white man is jealous of the negro's success but i rather think that it is a mistaken notion it is not toward the better class that he hurls his hatred but against that class that the negro himself is learning to fear until the colored man changes his position and conditions it will be useless for him to look for that consideration and respect that is accorded his more fortune nate brother and fellow-citizen the negro must not conceive the idea that he has no friends among those now in supremacy neither must he entertain the belief that fortune will come to him without effort on his part or that citizenship will receive the proper recognition without improvement in his morals and political attitude these are the days of newer and greater things in every conceivable direction the negroes are taking but a small part in their creation glory and profit if there are men among us who can be the means of bringing better conditions to the negro masses and who can weed out the slow dull plodding process of evolution they should not be denied the opportunity the masses seem to be hedged about by a wall of indifference negroes have such little respect for their own kind that the thing is becoming proverbial
now they pretend otherwise in self-defense you think it's some little device for testing race love try it it will do the rest the white people have found that nothing is to be feared of colored people when it comes to helping racial costs the individual who is loudest in defense of his race generally gets the most generous cursing from negroes newspapers are often held in abomination by negroes a negro editor would be mobbed if he told the truth about negroes they say let the white people do it negroes who engage in business of any kind are usually criticized most severely by negroes who are incapable of engaging in any kind of business for themselves they are always full of suggestions as to how mr a and mr b should conduct or run their business still they have nothing substantial to offer criticisms coming from such a source simply amount to nothing it is about time for all of us to stop going out of our way and making occasion where none exists to blackguard the negro and instead encourage him to industry and correct living and increase our efforts to make him a steadier laborer and better citizen it is hardly fair to place the whole race under common condemnation because of the slothfulness and lawlessness of some of its members it would hardly be fair even if this percentage were larger than it is and it is hardly worthy of a people to continue nagging at and seeking to arouse further prejudice against its own race no man can reach the elevated plane of good character and worth who drags behind him a great load of little and mean dislikes for his fellow-man the possibilities of higher professional standing of colored men and women depend upon the unity and determination of the colored people to push their professional and business men to the front i appeal to you as a race to cultivate race pride not race prejudice stand up like men and women and cultivate unity and protect and defend each other's interest let the elevation of one be the joy of the other instead of pulling down those who are trying to elevate themselves in the race the possibilities of colored professional men will be great to that extent that the colored people will allow their greatness their destiny is with the colored race this world is not a place of peace and unmixed happiness there has always been a struggle for individuals and races for existence and mastery it is beginning to dawn on the negroes generally that if they would be saved they must save themselves the idea that they were to enter at once into all the walks of american life without violent protest has been dissipated through the actual occurrences of the last four decades it would be too long a story to rehearse the reasons for the seeming undiminished prejudices in the interest of truth the exact truth we feel free to say however that the reasons are not to be charged altogether to one race there is much that can yet be done on the negro side that would tend to put a better face in the matter there has been undergoing a gradual change in the minds of the thoughtful of both races concerning education and politics as it concerns the negroes which has indeed upset the first calculations of many but which after all has a tendency to broaden the foundation on which racial progress must rest the booker t washington theory of education has come to stay not because he advocates it not because rich men are sustaining his school but because he has an institution that meets the requirements the demands of the day it is a pity but true that the race as a rule has entertained inflated notions about the matter of education it rather looked forward to the uneducation that wide with the whites with their centuries of leisure and a myriad routes for employment education that unfits the individual to grapple with his surroundings his environments is a misfit the masses of any race do not hope to be educated as its classes do 
those who opposed mr washington's theory advanced the argument but those intimately acquainted with the race must admit that the negro parent slaves himself to make a fine lady or gentleman out of the daughter or son whereas the poor white parents hope and endeavour to turn out breadwinners notwithstanding they have no colour conditions to overcome the lady and gentleman idea doubtless was born of the slavery period when the so-called great received flattering attention from master and slave the desire to be the recipient of such attention or to have it bestowed of their own kind was the result of association and infantile minds which have not as yet left the will free to have the children taught to feel that the conditions must determine the education happily we may say that the notion of turning out ladies and gentlemen instead of women and men is on the wane the trades the fields the shops are as they now should be given greater consideration mr washington eternally dwells on the theory of doing something producing something and especially do we recommend the field with its thousand avenued opportunities competitions in the products of the field is fair the school prepares the farmer as well as it does the classic a company of negroes equipped to make a wagon throughout will at least make living wages even should the article be sold for a few dollars less in order to make it go material is always a smaller item of expense the public will not question the nationality of the makers reputation for good work is always understood to be a condition other enterprises with a small output of capital would insure wages if no more do negroes receive fair wages generally if the negroes have dreamed that they were to move unscathed in the industrial procession as they found it existing when they obtained their freedom they have long ere this been rudely awakened it is not always prejudice with shop-owners and proprietors that prevent them from employing negroes it is that general mass prejudice that puts an emphatic veto on any such intentions it resolves itself into a business proposition with him the store owner allows no philanthropy in this business he is dictated to buy that course which ensures him the greatest prosperity he may not be wholly free from prejudices but it is not that which determines his actions it is the prejudice of the masses he will not sacrifice his existence by opposing it it is a mistake to wail at the class who is at the mercy of the masses it is more than probable that they would do different if free to do so the question is often asked can the negroes work out of their own salvation will they do it the answer is they have it to do or reap the very bitter consequences the wardship idea is not the part of the american institution as it concerns them competition deadly competition is the password the white man gives no quarter nor takes any nothing but sheer force absorption extinction annihilation or what not in a commercial industrial competitive sense nothing is longer conceded no special place for the white man for the black man but for the man with the greatest pull white barbers white waiters white coachmen are no longer curios they are persistent in their efforts to establish themselves having no regard for peculiar races with peculiar occupations it means that the negro must hustle and rustle create avenues open new vistas announce new projects and thus avoid arms-seeking and poor houses in the end politics has played an undue part in perpetuating prejudices it has contributed much in the way of wealth to many of the race it has honored thousands by places of trust honor and profit it has been the means of developing the latent abilities of the village hamptons pitts gladstones websters clays and calhouns it has been the means of demonstrating fealty to party and to country for this a glorious apostrophe is due those who have proven no cravens at any stage of the race's career 
if there were but that picture on which to look the occasion of this very lecture would not be necessary the triumphs in political civil church scholastic and army life have been attested by such men as douglas bruce washington langston revels walters turner derrick grant pinchback council lyons cheatham white and dancy not to speak of a host of younger men of journalistic careers that according to opportunity compare favorably with those of greater reputations but beyond all of this stands that grim compliment in the way of civil depression political stagnation if not utter palsy the courts have rendered their functions to the mobs in some localities and all but anarchy sits enthroned the white man has been held to blame altogether for the reversed picture it is not quite the case slavery left a legacy of hate when it gave way to freedom the older negro better groomed in the art of preserving peace did not forget the depth from which he sprang he was ever pouring oil on the troubled water trying to bring peace out of confusion as a consequence that period immediately subsequent to the war period was eventful as it concerned the prospective peace of the races and general prosperity it is a new negro the latter-day product who knows nothing but freedom freedom modified by native propensities idleness and a grovelling disposition that is causing the trouble he does not understand the philosophy of the situation and cares less like the andalusian his mule his guitar and it ends right there this strenuous american life demands work of every individual in some form it revolts at the idler disfranchisements owe their rise as much to the indolence and vice of too large a class of negroes as they do to prejudice on the part of the whites no respectable class of men white or black is going to be governed by a hoodlum element whose bellies are the main objects of their existence the indianapolis journal one of the most influential northern dailies is right when it says that booker t washington will not be disfranchised it means further that his class will not be disturbed it will concern us but little as to what this country may do to the whites to spur them up to their duties providing that is their object the whites are not on trial it is the negroes if the disfranchisements are the means of creating better negroes they will have built it better than they knew if they reduce hoodlumism creating washingtons we will not be concerned about the hoodlums of other races the decline and fall of disfranchisement are the two last acts of the great political drama the negroes have it in their power to hasten or prolong the day what will they do with it our lives are measured by that which we are and that which we do the two elements most essential to a successful life are character and achievement character is the excellence of spirit it consists not in external deeds but in the thought feeling and purpose enshrined in our character in the sight of god and in the eyes of our own spirit it depends not so much upon the words we speak or the things we do but the thoughts we think and the feelings we cherish are the purity power and integrity of our spiritual nature the first and best object of life is character what we do may command the admiration of mankind but to be better is better than to do the measure of our spiritual excellency lies within us it is in the heart rather than the deed beauty purity and generosity may appear in the external act while the motive prompting it may be mean ignoble and selfish sweet truth purity and noble traits of character may be enshrined within the soul and life be so modest that they may not manifest themselves to the public gaze when asked why antipater was not dressed in purple alexander replying said these men wear their purple on the outside while antipater is royal within 
it is the soul throbbing with a generous feeling and a noble impulse the soul is loyal to the claims of truth and virtue so you can see it is better to be loyal from within than to make a display from the outside if our race expects to meet the possibilities we must learn what it takes to make true characters it is not the exhibit from the outside it is what we are as we are judged from our actions by the fruits we bring forth character is the cultivated power shown the examples of the world how many persons ever made a careful analysis of their own character or labored to develop the good and suppress the evil the first object of life is character but an object no less important is achievement character is power but power is of no use only when it is applied a cistern of water may contain a latent force enough to do the work of a thousand men or overturn mountains but only when its latent powers are developed into the form of steam and applied to the arm of iron for the accomplishment of a purpose is it of any good to the world a man of moral force must apply his power to become a blessing to mankind character must go forth into the deed if it accomplishes that whereunto it was sent public sentiment is beginning to measure a man not so much by his culture as what he can do with his culture it demands efficiency as well as scholastic acquirement we must understand that the demands are different now from what they were in times gone by a man must accomplish something if he expects to meet the possibilities that await him and his race i do not object to education i rather love education but how must a man be educated his feet his eyes his hands his head must all be educated and when he is thus educated he is prepared to meet the emergencies that await his race as a race thus educated we cannot be hindered from taking position in life as american citizens we often say that everything is against us and it seems so but while this seems the case we must be doing something individually and as a race the conditions of successful achievements are a correct idea of intelligence persistence and courageous labor first we must have purpose in life or in other words an object in view a life that is aimless is a sad spectacle not so bad perhaps as a ruined life but not much more admirable the hindus believed that the destiny of mankind was lost in the personality by absorption in the brahma and most persons are so aimless in life and so devoid of any higher or nobler purpose that they lose their individuality in the great brahma society a man is an individual not a mere unit in a mass a personality not a mere member of a body politic did you ever think what a fearful lack of that which is noble in humanity is contained in the world it ignores that which is highest and best in human nature man's freedom and power of self-organization and self-determining influence in the masses of men we are too apt to fall in the same line or take on the same personalities of those around us for the emancipation from bondage of social errors evils spiritual freedom and individual aims to float with the current is easy a chip can do that but a man ought to be able to stem the tide when necessary put manhood womanhood into the world as a spiritual force to mould purify and elevate go forth into an active life with a noble purpose and attaining it achievement will be of the highest success the greater issue of the day and the demands of the hour have not been made fundamental in our homes the duties of the home have not been pressed on the youth until they stand out erect in the possession of a sterling womanhood and manhood respecting and respected in whatever sphere they find their vocation character character resting upon the foundation of integrity has not been as it ought the burning theme of every day's instruction until it becomes the very soul of every boy and girl 
without character a man had better be as dumb as a fish and as ignorant as a snail intelligence skill industry economy endurance courage and power will be so many elements of a destruction unless character shall dominate the life and be expressed in the actions my hand and yours have a work to do my head and yours have a duty to perform here is the only solution for the negro problem it may not be out of place for me here to emphasize the need of our working in harmony with our environments our destiny is american in place and american in spirit it is nonsense to talk of emigration of the masses we endured slavery two forty-three years and stayed here and we shall still be here when lynch law shall have spent its force and with us shall be our white brother it is a dictate of wisdom to develop friendship to teach unity to revet the ties of fraternal love it is the policy of annihilation to deepen the chasm between the races god forbid the day when the white educators of the land shall no longer be willing to spend and be spent for the moral and intellectual uplift of our masses let us be done with sowing the seed of bitterness we can only reap the whirlwind of destruction because an inflamed sentiment drove black miners from pana illinois every community is not repellent because a man rose in the christian endeavor meetings in detroit and tried to cast bad reflections on our race every christian endeavorer is not our enemy we shall be wise when we find our friends of whatever locality of whatever faith of whatever rank or of whatever race and pour into their open bosoms the full measure of our confidence so shall we hasten the day of our final disenthrallment there is one thing the negro must be proud of before he can reach the heightened possibilities that await him he must learn to be proud of his race and colour no race can be successful until it does these things i would not change my colour because i am proud of it if there is any one thing that will clog the wheels of our material progress it is the fact that some of us try to overreach ourselves we should not become dazzled at the splendour and magnificence of those who have had hundreds of years to make this country what it is today no man is a success who has not a fixed signpost an aim in life to attain unto a man should get that amount of education that will best fit him for the performance and attainment of his object in life too much greek will do you no good with a white apron on i do not say that you should not study greek if you intend to fill a chair in some institution of learning i do not say that you should not read medicine if you intend to become a physician or law if you desire to follow the profession if we watch our chances and take timely advantage of the opportunities offered us our race will greatly improve and we will be wage workers skilled artisans and eventually land owners and a wealthy class of citizens of this country i advise you to learn trades learn to become mechanics we have the ability and capacity to reach the highest point and even go further in the march of progress than has been made by any people End of topic 36